Leading Britain's Conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Wow. What a day. What a day. Do you know, honestly, it's been the best day for gossip I've ever had. I don't think I've had such a good day for a long while. Anyway, nice to be company. Welcome to Wet Sunday, as we call it. I'm kind of, I'm kind of up with it. I mean, I've, we've had, and then somebody said, oh, don't worry, Steve, the heat comes back. I said, what do you mean, don't worry? I'm not remotely interested in the heat. I've had enough of it. If it comes back again, I think I might just have to hibernate under a duvet with a load of ice cubes. Because it's been so sort of, I, I don't mind it raining. I don't mind it drizzling. I know it's bad for business for the high street. But there again, what isn't good for business for the high street? Uh, you know, House of Fraser, you know, all these other big companies. We seem to be losing our our touch when it comes to the highs. You know why? Because we can't be bothered to go out there and drive around, can we? It's easier to go onto the internet, type in whatever you want, you know, DVDs. I mean, you can get anything. Get a three-piece suite delivered, probably in 24 hours. And so the high street is just collapsing. And it's such a shame, because I like the high street. Apart from that, though, I trust you've had a good weekend up until now, and you in, uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. I went to a wedding yesterday down in the New Forest, which was my brother's girlfriend's daughter, Amy, and uh, Ed, and they've been together, I think, about five or six years, and then they got married, and, and I think Amy, with the help of her mum, uh, and a few other people as well, put the whole thing together, and it was lovely. It was really, really nice. We got there, we had uh, drinks, which I always, uh, always enjoy, but I'm, I was being very good. In fact, the only drink I had yesterday, I, d- I did the toast. We had about six or seven toasts. And uh, we had a slideshow for some of the speeches, which was good. It was an outdoor wedding, and it started to rain a little bit. And I thought, oh, you know, sod it. If it rains, it, it doesn't really matter. Amy looked gorgeous. The, the pictures were taken everywhere. It was a lovely drive down, straight for me, straight down to the New Forest. I don't need to sort of deviate again. It's just 97 miles. And on the way back, they went, oh, you've got to get through Lyndhurst. And that was terrible. But, it was, but the, the, the roads were really busy, but it was lovely. And I got back at 8.30. Did I get back at 8.30? 8 o'clock. And, of course, I'm up because I've got to work. But then I also had to be up early because I had to water the hanging baskets. So that was... Well, I tell you, I whizzed round those like there was no tomorrow. <laughs> all over the place. It was much easier to do that, and then I'll probably do it a little bit later on. But, uh, anyway, so it's, it's nice to have your company. I hope, oh, tonight. Tonight, Denzel Washington for In Conversation. Not to be missed at nine o'clock. It's a really nice one. I do make him laugh, and I think um, Adrian put that little clip up. On uh, on the LBC page of me making, I, I don't think I thought he was going to collapse or something. I felt quite worried, quite worried. Uh, Jack Whitehall, our favourite comedian, is going to play Disney's Disney's first openly gay character. Wow, I didn't even know Disney had ever had any characters who were gay. Uh, Katie Price, you remember? You remember? I'm sorry to do Katie Price so earlier on, but uh, she's now explaining where her money went. But I don't think she really has got the intelligence. She claims that she's sort of paid off all her husband and boyfriend's debts, but uh, which you know, even when you add those up together, it doesn't come to 43 million because there never was 43 million. But um, she, do you remember she told us? And you know, first of all, when she was stopped for speeding, she lied to the police, so that sort of sealed her fate. Anyway, once they found out that she was a compulsive liar, she gets the ban. So she does it. Then she makes a reality show. Now, in the meanwhile, she'd been caught driving to Gatwick Airport, 24 miles, with two children in a car which was uninsured. Okay, anybody else? They'd have thrown the book at her. Thrown the book. We're still waiting because she owes so much money. And of course, it's been really stressful. Turns out she's been texting blokes all over the place. 
you know, she's, uh, unfortunately, she tries to turn it round as if it was, you know, everybody else's fault except her own. Anyway, just to come back to, so we can put it into context, and uh, somebody phoned her from a newspaper and said, oh, hello, we've, we've got footage of you on the motorway driving. You're banned. So she immediately clocks into the local police station. I'm sorry I was caught driving. I had no idea I was banned. Oh, yes, you did. Oh, yes, you did. Because on her reality show, My Crazy Life, she talks about being banned. So she knew she was banned. The papers have exposed that today. Uh, Bad news for little Danny Dyer. Very bad news for little Danny Dyer. The front page headline, as you uh, now know, on The Sun is Love Island Jack's dad is a convicted drug dealer. He's been to prison for it. He's obviously separated from the wife. Still his father, so they haven't told any fibs here. Jack turned his back on Mark, who was jailed over a cocaine peddling network. It's funny, he never mentioned it at all. Do you ever read any interviews with uh, with little Jack, who I predict, and I've st- I'm standing by, I'm never wrong, I'm telling you. They, w- they will sideline him. They will get rid of him. He's bad news for Danny Dyer. Bad news. And I should imagine... The man, Danny Dyer, as opposed to the daughter, Danny Dyer, will not be pleased to read this story because you don't want your daughter involved with anything like this at all. Whether or not, I mean, it doesn't matter. They knew about it and they kept it quiet. They kept it quiet. When when the son phoned up, the uh, the wife said, he, he's, he doesn't live here. We don't talk about him anymore. You think, well, you know, you should have been honest in the beginning. Should have been honest. But, you know, people aren't nowadays because they're, they've got other things to do. Uh, also, just going back to poor Katie Price, her husband was furious when he picked up her phone and saw the England ace, Delhi Alley, on FaceTime. He intercepted a video call from the Spurs ace while Katie was in bed. They're just tacky, aren't they? Let's just admit it, shall we? It's just tacky. Not very nice at all. Um, and the other thing is, and I said I didn't believe it, Meghan Markle. They said she's going to reach out to her father. Oh, no, she's not. Oh, no, she's not. She's uh, The Sun on Sunday reveals that the Duchess wants time apart from him after he gave a string of media interviews. He's claiming that they're bullying him, which, of course, I totally believe. It's how the royal family operate. It's a case of you do what we, we tell you to do, and if you don't want to do it, you'll have no access to her. So he was told he wanted to give a speech at the wedding, according to this feature in the paper, and they said, no, you're not. In fact, you're not even coming over for it. And so he wanted to reach out. Then they said that she'd, she was reaching out to him. The heck she was. She's not reaching out for anybody. The only person she's reaching out for is the ginger boy. You know, we like the ginger boy. He's OK. Will they have children? Not yet they won't, because we think that Prince William is going to be having another child. Because the more children they have, the less chance there is of Harry getting his hands anywhere near the throne. <laughs> they're not stupid in that family, I tell you. You think, oh, they're all really sweet. You must be joking. Behind the scenes, there's people there wheeling and dealing and doing everything. Paul, Ho- uh, Paul Hollywood and his little girlfriend, she's a barmaid, and, uh, but apparently uh, there were rumours of a split, but they strolled side by side. She looks like she's sort of swallowed a dead fly. She looks as miserable as sin. And uh, he's... Because I quite like him, actually. I know people say that. They sort of say about Paul Hollywood and they go, oh, he's this and he's that. Well, I sat at the Hampton Court Food Festival the uh, the other, when was it, the other year. And I thought he was really good. He pulled he pulled a lot of people in, in the tent. When I say pulled a lot of people in to watch the demonstration. And uh, I thought he was personable. Unfortunately, the wife obviously thinks differently as they do. Excuse me. Cup of tea on a sat. Do you know, on a Sunday morning... The thought of light. Do you know what I nearly had on the way in this morning? But I had, I had the presence of mind not to do it. I nearly bought a portion of chips and a sausage and batter. And then I, and then I didn't do it. And I felt so much better for it. 
so much better. Um, so what was I saying? Oh, yeah, so I, I go to see Paul Hollywood. I thought he was really good. I loved it. Paul Gascoigne, not sure about this one. Uh, he's supposed to have been up to do a programme. Uh, then he sort of did it, but he was slurring his words, stuff like that. Was, uh, and they, they said sleeping tablets. I don't think you slur if you're on sleep. I've done sleeping tablets before, many, many years ago. And the reason I stopped them is because I thought it was too easy to get into a into a mindset of, oh, if you can't get to sleep at night, take a sleeping tablet. And I just thought, no, what have you lost? What's the matter? What's the... They're in here with me. They're in here with me, the donuts. They're, they're... Oh, they're in here. You already had one. It's clear. Well, exactly, I had to move them in here because I, if I left them in there with you two, they would be gone. Because producer boy had... Uh, he picked the one that I thought nobody would pick. Seriously, that was the only one because this box of I bought some donuts in for the for the boys and girls. What well, the boys, and um, and it's a different selection in this box. They do I think about I don't know ten to one to, I don't know twelve I don't know, whatever it is, and I'd never seen any of these before. I mean the ones you know the ring donuts are okay. The ring ring donuts are okay. Don't put an umbrella up indoors. It's seven years bad luck. Are you mad? What are you doing? What are you opening an umbrella for? Oh, my God, well, that's it. We're all doomed. Might as well go home now. I've got some dried-out pineapple here. It's it's uh, what they call it. It's for, it's for healthy people. But I'm... It's pine... Yeah, but it, it's sort of... It's dried. It's called... I know it's called dried pineapple. I've just said it's dried pineapple. We had something else the other day. No, it's... God, honestly, I'm surrounded by it, aren't I, today? It was all going so well. When we started the programme, I was going to go... I'm so tired. I've only had three hours sleep, but actually, you will you will discover as the programme goes through till seven o'clock this morning. I'm actually really good. You know, some people are really bad on a couple of hours sleep. I'm actually even better than I am usually. Not possible, is it really? How can you be that positive about something? It doesn't take much, but if you can find anybody who can do this, I'll be more than happy to meet them. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, the power of crystals. Poor old Vic Beck. Stop it. Poor old Victoria Beckham has discovered crystals and she believes that if you hold crystals in your hand, they emit some sort of power. I don't know what rubbish or garbage she's been reading, but unfortunately there is no power that comes out of crystals. It's a load of old cobblers. OK, no matter when, oh, you know, hold this in your hand and the power of the crystal will make your business work. No, it won't. It's just a rock. Why don't you just go outside into the garden, pick up a stone, put it in your hand. Same thing. OK, and I tell you what I'll do. I'll empower it from here. There you go, I've empowered your stones. But you just don't, you know, there's nothing in it. And so they've got all these people who sort of believe in the power of crystals. It's cobblers. It really is absolute rubbish. And you expect somebody as supposedly intelligent as Victoria Beckham. Mind you, she's tried everything. She can't flog clothes to you. She made a loss the other year. Uh, also, the favourite Sunday lunch spot for Anne Widdicombe. I'm tempted to say just about anywhere where they serve food. Uh, and also, what was the other one I quite like, actually? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, Madonna. In vogue, at 60, apparently she's still got sex appeal. For whom? Who has... I don't think I've heard anybody, you know, among the few heterosexuals that I know, say, you know, oh, Madonna, I really fancy her. It's like people that fancy... Yeah, but most people... It's like, does anybody find Victoria Beckham attractive? Nobody! Nobody! You could scour... You could, Sorry, who? Mel B, yes, Mel B finds her attractive. Well, she doesn't because they're not talking, are they? They've fallen out over the, are we going to have a Spice Girls reunion? Who cares? 
Who cared? There was a dreadful thing the other day. What was it? They were saying that some group was going to reform. I can't remember who it was. Whatever it was. We didn't like them first time round. So Victoria Beckham goes, it's nothing to do with me. I mean, she doesn't want to do it. She's moved on. It's like you can't go back to stuff in your childhood, can you? Because that is just silly. So you have to, you have to look ahead. Uh, also, turkey and veg could be stuffed for Christmas. If you're one who likes... I met somebody yesterday at the wedding. And he's a very intelligent young man. I know that because he's going out with my brother's daughter. So, uh, so he's very intelligent. And he, to earn some money, a few years ago, worked in a turkey processing plant. And I said, oh, right. I said, what? From sort of egg to table? And he said, yes. And I said, oh, God. He said, I, he said, I, th- I thought they did. It was certainly a few thousand turkeys a day. And they do them in the same way that they do chickens, I think, which is, it's like a giant conveyor belt. It's, I mean, it's huge. At one place, two million chickens a week they can actually uh, process. You know, I mean, I think that's amazing. Oh, well, there's a really stupid story in the paper today about, it's in the Daily Star, uh, and it's Bruce Forsyth, who uh, still much missed, still much missed, and they say here his ashes are to be placed beneath the stage at the London Palladium. OK. And so inside this shoddy piece of journalism, they say here, the source don't know if the family are allowed to do it, but they're really keen. Are you mad or so? Who wrote this rubbish? Isabel Dickinson. Isabel, darling, <laughs> there's three people buried under the Palladium stage already. Where have you been? Why don't you do your research? God, there's a very famous agent and two other people. Their ashes are under the Palladium. Why do you not know this? Why do you not know that? Blimey, if I know it, everybody should know it. So, of course, he'll be buried under the plate. He's not buried. They're not going to put his body under there. It'll be the ashes. There's an urn. And it'll have a plaque as well. Why not? And then, Roxanne Pallet. Rock, you must remember Roxanne Pallet? No, most people don't either. She did have a little acting career. Then she went to work for a local radio station somewhere. And, and then she had a, an accident a few weeks ago in a stock car. I mean, to be honest with you, it's all a bit fit. Anyway, now they're announcing in one of the papers today that uh, she's going to be going into Celebrity Big Brother. I'm thinking, what, so you really aren't that enamoured with your radio job that you've decided to stick two fingers up to them and toddle off and go and do Celebrity Big Brother? For Wait for this one. This is the fee, OK? I mean, I reckon you can get her for pff, ten, ten grand. Easy pitch. She's not doing anything else. She won't be earning that on local radio. Ten grand. What, what do they put her down as? 750,000. Three quarters of a million. Well, for her... And nobody, why would you do that? You can get people much. You could probably get about 15 people. You could probably get the whole lot for that price. I'd like to see you on Celebrity Big Brother. I'd like to put you in there, yeah. 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 Just to suffer. I'd like to watch the suffering. Actually, somebody said to me the other day, they said, would you ever consider doing it? And no, I wouldn't. Why would you want to do something like that? Like, you'd cover me. They wouldn't let you anywhere near the microphone in this building. And they seriously wouldn't. I mean, what would you talk about? canoeing in wherever in Greece. Well, how long's that going to last? Two minutes. And then you'll sit there going, I don't know what else to talk about. Don't know what else. You know, it's just, and also, got the wrong voice. It's not, it's not, you know, you've got to have a voice, face, face for radio and the voice for a silent movie. That's what your mother said. How are they now they've moved and not told you where? <laughs> I know, it's awful, isn't it, really? No, you can't, you can't put you on the radio. Definitely not. Definitely not. Everybody thinks that. They don't. They always go, I think I'll be on the radio. And you think, well, what would you talk about? Whereas I can make 15, 20 minutes out of what you talk about being on the radio quite easily. <laughs> it's an art form, apparently. 
It's a, yes, exactly. Tom's here this morning, isn't he, for breakfast? I've just seen his producer. He's been out on the town, hasn't he? You can tell that. Oh, dear me, honestly. Every time he walks in, he always he slumps down in the chair, and I go, you're right? You go, because oh. he went out on Friday night, the producer. Mm. Did you know about it? He phoned me. He, sent, he was sending me text messages backwards and forwards. You can always tell at, at the state of alcoholism he's in when, when the texts start, start becoming abusive. You know, halfway down the line. Oh, I'm going out with so-and-so, so-and-so for drinks. You know, why don't you come and join us? I think not. I, think, I can't think of anything worse, actually, than going out and getting tanked up in London and then having to attempt to get home. You know, where you're, you're sitting on the train. Uber? I don't do Uber. Oh, no, I don't do Uber. I have an account with another company, although they're not much cop, it has to be said. And, you know, when you are tanked up, you don't care, do you? I don't do tanked up, though. I'm not, I'm not one of those sort of people. I think it's a young person's thing. I think it's a young person thing, going out and getting tanked up. Is he not, is he not young? Oh, right. Oh, he's a bit older. Uh, so, uh, Love Island event to meet the stars ended in chaos. Kendall Ray Knight is still single. OK, you want to do a show of hands on this one? Kendall Ray Knight, no, no, nobody on that one, Kendall. So sorry, dear. So sorry. I'll tell you who she is. She was on Love Island. She was kicked off about the first. She's the shoe shop manageress from Blackpool. Well, of course nobody's heard of you, dear. Of course. Um, the, uh, the high street is suffering, which reminds me to tell you a story about a girl called Tessa Dunlop. I know a story about Tessa Dunlop, and the reason she made the papers is because she had... Well, I'll take a break and then I'll tell you about it. It's much easier. You could, there's no doughnuts. There's none left in the box. They've been eaten. They've gone already. OK, they, this is just a mirage. This is a photograph of doughnuts. OK, you could try the ring doughnut. You could try the ring doughnut. Short break, back in a second. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, nice to be company. Welcome. Oh, we just had the breakfast producer in. Oh, kicking off something, I tell you. I was pinned up against the wall. <laughs> I love it. Uh, what have we got here? So, uh, another dreary couple in the paper. We're hotter than Love Island. No, sadly, you're not. Uh, the peers are scoffing at the food. Oh, yes. So, um, a piece appears in the paper. The other day, and it's the BBC Breakfast programme. You know the one that's got every cast member who's been on Strictly? The latest one is going to be uh, the YA Northern Girl, because she complained about being Northern, saying it was holding her back. I didn't see that happening at all. But anyway, so you're going to have to put it... Not that it makes any difference, because when they do the Strictly Dancing programme, I'm not really expecting them to talk. You know, they're not on there to talk, they're there to dance. If it was a talking programme, it would be somewhat different, but it's not, it's a dancing programme. Anyway, so they... So we're sitting there watching, and there's Charlie State, who I like very much indeed. I think he lives around my, my neck of the woods. Uh, somebody else, I can't remember who they were. And then they bring on Tessa Dunlop. Now, Tessa Dunlop used to work for LBC some years ago. She is slightly peculiar, and that's putting it mildly. So at some point in the interview, she's talking to Charlie State about the state of the high street. And, and then she says to him, because she's quite barking mad... She says, so where'd you get your knickers from? So he kind of looks at her as if to go, is there something the matter with you? And the answer is, yes, there is something the matter with her. And then immediately it all came flooding back. She used to do exactly the same thing when she was with us years ago. She'd say, what pants are you wearing, Steve? And you'd look at her and go, are you mad or something? And the answer is, yes, she is. So she does it on television. She's most peculiar. She's got history. She's got history. She would, she would come over and she would try and find out what pants you were wearing. That's not normal behaviour, is it? I don't think so. Uh, did you used to like Tenko? Hated it. 
thought it was the biggest pile of rubbish I'd ever seen. I couldn't care less whether they survived or didn't survive in the Japanese prisoner of war camp. <laughs> I'm sure it, it was of its time. At its time, it was obviously extremely popular. But, you know, the rest of the time... not. I mean, it's, it's really um, a female show, I think. I don't think Tenko was supposed to be. And also, whenever they would go through the jungle, you could tell it was just things in pots that they'd just sort of gone through. They were quite clearly not in any jungle or anything like that at all. It was, it was sort of done on the, uh, the cheap. Uh, I love the story of David Beckham's been persuaded to appear on Vogue magazine. Sorry, Dave, you're modelling pants or whiskey today. Stadium going nowhere, is it? What else have you got? Um, nothing. And so, would you like to appear on the front of Vogue magazine? Yes, please. So he's appearing on it. It's to prove, apparently, that the family are really tight together. I mean, how much more do we need to know about the Beckhams? Do we need to know anything else? Do, do, do we not know everything that there is there? Ridiculous. Rachel Johnson has apologised for her brother, who is Bojo. He didn't go far enough, she said, about the uh, ban the burqa. It's the burqa he doesn't like. It's not the people in it. But you know what people are like nowadays. I was listening to uh, Beverly Turner, and she was... Uh, you know, basically talking about women columnists, she said she felt sometimes quite embarrassed to be a female journalist. Some of the things they were complaining about, because uh, Stokes had done this thing about his wife not having any pain relief when she had the baby. And then you always get the sort of the Harry, Harry Kane, is it? All right. Who's Stokes? Oh, he's, he's the other one. In, he's in court. And, um, and, and she said, listen, it's up to you what you do with your body. You always get a troll, though, don't you? Oh, I think that's offensive to everybody. So they, they trolled him. They trolled it. What stupid people they are, really. It was quite embarrassing, really. Uh, never mind. Um, wow, she says, raining, finally more cooler. It's going to change again. We're going to get the heat back. I'm, I'm sorry, but you are going to get the heat. I don't want it back either, I have to tell you. Uh, also, so we, we've dispensed with the power of crystals. Victoria Beckham holding... I mean, it's the biggest pile of rubbish you've ever heard of. It was like... Uh, what was I watching the other day? Another one of these ludicrously fake ghost-hunting programmes. And there they are, the American weirdos. Ooh, it's, it's, it always has to be done in the dark. I don't know why. You never see these people anyway. Even in the dark, they don't... No, not Scooby-Doo. They, um, and so they're in the dark. And you think, well, wait a minute. We're not seeing this ghost because, you know, if we saw a shape move across, it'd be different, but we don't. You see nothing at all. But they have to film it in the dark because apparently the spirits don't, don't talk to them. Well, the cameraman doesn't. And uh, so they're in there. And then, and then what was it? There was something in there. Oh, there was a horn on the table. And apparently, all of a sudden, it made a noise. And they went, I'm sorry, are you trying to communicate with us? And I'm thinking, who are you talking to, dear? You're as bad as that Sally Watson. Oh, he's here, darling. He's with me on the stage. No, he's not. No, he's not. He's dead. There's absolutely... There's no talking to the dead. There's no nothing. It's an entertainment. And unfortunately, it ceased to become entertaining with the ghastly Yvette Fielding and those stupid programmes. What was that? What was that noise? What was that? Who, where did that noise come? And they, that's what they do. It's as blatant as that. It's as stupid as that. And then they go, do you want to say something to us? You thought, of course they don't, because there's nobody there. I thought, is it just me? Am I just the only one being terribly intelligent on this? Or are those people who like to sort of believe in that kind of mumbo-jumbo? As bad as Victoria Beckham and her power of crystals. Let's see if it puts, pushes your, uh, your company profits up. Storm Debbie's on the way. Debbie does Storm. I quite like. Uh, also, Kerry Katona set to be a bridesmaid. God, they better get her quick before her looks go. And uh, she's going to be a bridesmaid for uh, Katie Price because apparently Katie is like really in love with this new one. 
And it's the only one she wishes she met him years ago. Of course, she said this for every single husband. Every single one has been down the same route because Katie Price is monosyllabic. She can only do the same thing. Can't wait to marry. He's the one. We're going to get married and then we'll probably get pregnant and fantastic. And you think, why don't you just sort out your bankruptcy? You know, make it so much easier. Uh, Madonna, apparently still sexy at 60. Um... What was the other one? Is oh, yeah, Celebrities on the Farm. It was bad enough first time round. It's an even bigger pile of poo this time, I'm afraid. They're all wearing full makeup. A bunch of old has-beens. A bunch of tatty ex-reality show people. It's not good enough. Uh, not good enough. And uh, what do we have, actually? Um, oh, Paddy's attention-seeking wife. You know, Paddy McGuinness and his wife, who apparently is in... Well, she's now started going out with her own photographer to get pictures taken. They went to the races the other day. No, they went as a couple. She wasn't racing. She, there's a, there was a couple of them. And it's just, she obviously believes that she's some model or something. It's so funny. Very funny. That bad hair. Uh, also, the Bond girl, Gemma Arterton's sister, could follow in, in the footsteps and be a Bond girl. And Bond could be her, she could be the love interest of Bond. I thought, why? Well, for Bond has lots of love interests. That's what he's James Bond for, isn't he? Uh, in a minute, we'll go through the sun and uh, we'll tell you more about Love Island's Jack's dad, who's a drug dealer, uh, convicted convicted and uh, loads of pictures of, of Melanie Sykes. Melanie's 48. She's a TV and radio presenter. She's been licked to Ollie Murs and Martin Kmar. I mean everybody's been I mean come on I must have been linked to Ollie Murs at some point. Everybody's been linked to Ollie Murs. But uh, obviously poor old uh, Melanie Sykes. She's recently been on holiday with her photographer friend and um, and so they then I mean, she's got children, 16 and 14. Don't they feel a bit embarrassed that their mother has to disport her? Is that the, the best work you can get, Mel? Surely you can get something a bit more clever than that. Oh, dear. Anyway, Jack's agony at drug-dealing father. Winning Love Island does not ease the hurt over his dad. He's never mentioned him before. Never mentioned it. Kept that one pretty, pretty quiet, matey, didn't you? But anyway, here they are. She's got the fake hair. They managed to find a pair of glasses for her that sort of make her look vaguely intelligent. Also, good news. They are questioning two people over the murder of that young man, Joel Seven. You know, the one who wanted to be the fireman? It's the brother who's just come out of prison for drug dealing. But uh, two people are being questioned at the moment. And uh, uh, Liam Payne has found a little girlfriend to go out with. Her name is Maya. Uh, we don't know what she does. I've got no idea. She looks... Looks so. Like she's obviously just acquired an agent, and um, she's uh, posed in sort of bikinis and everything else. She's not all that. I don't, but I just don't know who she is. I've got no idea. And um, she's uh, oh, she's obviously a popsicle star or something like that. A bit of a shame, really, isn't it? But uh, she went to meet him at a, at a meet and greet. So she paid for a meet. And next thing, they're apparently seeing each other. So fickle the world of show business, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, news. 5.30, the latest headlines with Philip Krasikos. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to 6, Sunday morning. It's LBC and it's uh, Steve Allen. And uh, uh, tell Big Bear Dan, the man, not to be late. Steve, I'd laugh if you accepted Big Brother and Katie Price entered too for the 30th time at least. Yeah, no, I mean, she, I mean, she, to be honest with you, she needs to do everything. She's got to raise about just under, just shy of about £300,000. Uh, you know, we're not interested in all the feeble, stupid stories that she comes up with about I had to bail this lover out and all that. I'm not interested. I'm really not interested. I couldn't care less. Just pay pay what you owe and uh, somebody will take the mansion back. Do you know she owes 100000 in mortgage arrears? So, you know, she's actually got a mortgage on that place and they think they're going to sell it. I wonder if it's actually up for sale at the moment. Maybe it isn't or maybe it is. 
Uh, what else we got in the paper? This is Ant McPartland's problems are piling up. Lisa, that's his estranged wife, has had secret meetings with Britain's top divorce lawyers. And um, she's after a bit of his £62 million fortune. I don't know where he's supposed to have got £62 million from, but uh, that's what they're sort of putting around at the moment. And the final, final nail in the Spice Girls reunion, because I thought it was, it was definitely going ahead, then it wasn't going ahead, then it is going ahead, so I don't know where I am at the moment. But apparently, uh, the one who wants it to happen is Mel B. Well, she's the skint one, isn't she? She needs it to happen. Publishing insiders are staggered at the intimate row she discusses in her upcoming autobiography, including bust-ups with Jerry Horner and Victoria Beckham. I was always told she was the filthy potty mouth in the group. And uh, somebody says it's going to dig up a lot of dirt if the Spice Girls get back together. I mean, I don't know why they'd want to. I don't know why they'd want to get back together. I mean, Victoria doesn't. She's got a business. She's got the family. Uh, whereas, you know, Scary has got not a lot. So she's had to do an autobiography. I don't even think Victoria's done an autobiography. Why would you? There's no, there's no you know, need, there's no reason, is there? For her to do one. So we'll have to wait and see. If, if, it, if it gets back together, I'm totally convinced Victoria will have nothing to do with it. Absolutely nothing at all. Uh, Aston Merigold. He was the one that go, the wheels on the bus go round and round. Because he was part of children's television. You know the song. And you know Aston Merigold. Aston Merigold. You know Aston Merigold. He was in the group JLS. You know, have you heard of JLS. Oh, goodness sake. It's not ITV. JLS were a big pop group. They was, you know... Yeah, I don't know if they were on X Factor. I can't remember. Yeah, they were actually on X Factor. See, you do know who they are. God, honestly. But apparently, he's um, he's going to launch a modern TV version of the iconic 80s dance show Fame. Oh, God. What, can't they come up with anything original on the television nowadays? They go... Fame was, yes. Fame. It was set in the New York Centre for Performing Arts, and they danced every week. That's what they did. Da 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 da. da. Fame. I'm gonna live forever, baby. That's right. Yes, he, he was the man. And uh, Leroy, who's dead, he died. He did. He died of a, an AIDS-related illness some years ago. I loved Fame. I thought it was great. They went outside and jumped onto taxis. You'd have had them shot. You know, people there, what do you get off my car? But we're the kids from fame. They came to this country twice, I think. There was an album, the kids from fame, and you could go and sit there and drool at people you'd seen on the television. Like, was it Mr. Shirovsky or something like that? He was certainly lovely. And, he, and then Bruno. Bruno's dad was, was the cab driver, but Bruno could play keyboards like, oh, no, tomorrow. But Bruno was carrying a bit of extra weight. And uh, then there was the girl who played the cello, whose name I can't remember. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. And uh, Leroy danced. What was the name of the teacher? What was the name of the teacher? See, I can't remember the name of the teacher in the group. But, uh, yeah. Oh, you don't watch TV shows, right. Obviously, obviously busy. On the the nights it was on, you just sort of, you decided to sort of just avoid it. To show your displeasure. I'll go and see the film, but that's as far as it goes. I used to love it. Who's, who, who's the person who had the hit with fame then? What was the name of the singer? Come on. Come on. You, you can win another donut if you can tell me. The Kitchen Effect. No, Irene Cara. Fame? No. Oh, she was actually, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah, all right. I'll make a big deal about it. Come, becomes competitive on this programme as who can remember the most. You know, but as I'm older than the producer is, it's uh, I always lose for some reason. So here's the dentist. Now, what would you have... I thought this was peculiar. So she's going to Dubai. She's on a plane, Emirates, and she has her meal, 
and with it is a glass of wine. Now, I do not believe that she's the only one who had a glass of wine. Must be loads of people. Anyway, when she gets off the other end... Um, now, I think there was a bit of an altercation over something. And, um... Anyway, so she flew in. She claimed that on arrival she was told that her visa was invalid, detained after filming the ensuing row, during which she said she had wine on the flight. Dubai's got strict laws. But I'm telling you now, you know, and, you know, you can believe it or believe it not, there are thousands of people who get booze delivered in Dubai. I'm telling you. We know it's illegal, but, you know, that just guarantees that somebody will do it. It's all over the place, all over the world. Booze will be delivered. It'll be like the same as having crack delivered. You know, you've got little boys on mopeds. They will get the booze and they will deliver it to your house in a plain bag so none of the neighbours know that you're boozing. I would have thought the fact that you open the front door and fall flat on your face would be the giveaway, but apparently not. But uh, the authorities held her on charges of consuming alcohol, invading an immigration officer's privacy and causing offence. So she's obviously not very pleasant either, which doesn't help, does it? All the bridesmaids yesterday look, look lovely. Really, really nice. Very pretty. Very, very pretty. Uh, At the end of halogens, lights banned to double prices. Oh, well. I don't care, actually. I'm not really particularly bothered about that. Halogen lamps. I've had experience with a halogen oven. That's about as bad as it gets for me. Uh, And, and, and... Oh, yes, a picture of poor old Paddy McGuinness's wife. Christine, they say, the real housewife star. (laughs) She's not. She's just a dreary nobody like the rest of them in that thing. And um, and then they went sort of, although strangely enough, people behind them, nobody's noticed her at all. Obviously not that famous, dear, are we? But uh, we always knew she wanted to be. So she's now achieved her objective, which is fantastic. Uh, is Kelly Brook lucky in love again for the fourth time? She doesn't have much luck, does poor Kelly Brook. But there again, I'm told the topics of conversation, it's kind of a bit limited. She's not the brightest penny in the box. But she's, you like Kelly Brook? She's not going to be interested in you. Because she's been out with Jason Statham, Billy Zane and Tom Evans. Where, where do you fit into it? The producer thinks he stands a chance. He says, oh, she might prefer anonymity. She's joking, it's Kelly Brook. You know, seriously, she goes out there and everything she does, she wants... Although, actually, she looks a lot different when she's got her clothes on than when she's got her clothes off. Have you got a picture of her on your, on your bedroom wall with a bit of blue tack on it? Have you, have you got that? No. <laughs> Yeah, maybe 20 years ago. They all say that, don't they? Ooh, maybe 20 years ago. Then they immediately rush back to their little garage. They open the door and they go, oh dear, maybe, you know, they start taking them down in case Steve knocks on the door. Hi, I'm here. They go, no, I haven't finished taking all my pictures down of Kelly Brook. She's my fantasy, you know. Whereas, you know, I have pictures of aeroplanes on my bedroom wall. <laughs> it's one of those sort of things, isn't it? Um, there's a, a teacher who had a fling. You know, you can fall down either side of the fence in this. They're not allowed to do it at all. Um, she, she romped with a lad of 15. She's got to pay him a million pounds in damages. Because apparently, even though he kind of went with it, uh, he didn't enjoy the experience at all. I mean, so... I mean, but, uh, but they're not supposed to do it. Teachers are supposed to have a separate relationship from that of your pupils. It's like, it's, it's, surely that's the same all over the world, isn't it? If, if you're teaching somebody, you don't then take advantage of them by sort of going... I really like you. <laughs> you know, it doesn't it, it doesn't work like that. It's like here with the producer, you know. Why do you think there's a piece of glass three foot wide separating us? You know, because he goes, oh, Steve, uh, you know, perhaps we could go out for lunch or something. Oh, God, here we go, honestly, going down that tricky little route. But she got two years jail after admitting two sex wraps. What's a sex wrap? I've heard of one of those mozzarella cheese wraps. They're, they're actually quite nice, but I've never heard of X wrap. But she has to pay... 985 as a spoken song. 
Oh, I see what. My name is Steve. What can I do? Um, you know, oh, that kind of thing. All right. I've never done rap. It's, it's way out of my, uh, my, my comfort zone. I'm, not, I'm just not very good with things like that at all. Mark Wahlberg, my wife helped me turn into a man. I don't know how you can turn into a man, but I'm, I'm sure, sure he must know what he's talking about. He did the, he did a, what did I see him? Was it Donnie Darko or Donnie Brasco or something like that? It was very good, whatever it was. Very, very good. And I meant to, sorry? The rabbit one? The rabbit, what? The rabbit, what do you mean the rabbit one? What? The, if there's no rabbit and a gangster, it's Donnie, I liked Donnie Brasco. But I can't remember why I like Donnie Bresco. And if, if, if I sat here with a million dollars on offer on the table, I couldn't tell you what the storyline was. I just remember Donnie Brasco. And was he a cop? Was he an undercover cop? Oh, right. This evening, uh, we're going to be talking about Equaliser 2. Equaliser 2, which is um, it's very clever, actually. Because you, you will discover there are bits of the film that will make you feel a bit teary. You know, there are little, little touching moments. Little touching moments. But uh, it, very, very good. Very, very good indeed. Uh, so, uh, also, as I say, Roxanne Pallet, £750,000. They say it's a top fee. Producers have wanted her for a long time. Well, they haven't. Who'd be, who's remotely... Nobody knew who she was a short while ago. She was in Emmerdale, apparently. And then she was filming a segment for her breakfast show on Minster FM. What's that? Minster FM. Is that Mincing FM? I said, what is it? And she does a show, so she's going to do Big Brother, they say, whether this is agents speak for, you know, she's really available. God knows she's available. And so you're going to give up doing your breakfast show on a radio station to go and do this. I would expect my boss to go up the wall. You know, go, oh, by the way, I'm taking eight weeks off. What? How can you attempt to hold on to an audience? She's obviously not remotely interested in that at all. Because she can't do both, can you? Can't be in the Big Brother house and do a radio programme. Can't imagine what she's like. Katie Price's pink truck. Uh, she thinks it's worth 150000 but uh, she's been offered 90000 uh by a horse box dealer. So, in fact, it's all going, isn't it? It's all just collapsing. Does she care? No, of course she doesn't care. Because she thinks that round the corner she can get married, make 100000 quid, 200000 and then she can sort of live. But then, of course, once she's paid all those debts off, She's back where she started. No money, hardly any friends, although apparently there's an army of people working in the house, doing what? I've got no idea. Consuming her booze, I should imagine. But, uh, Brucey, will he be under the Palladium? Of course he'll be under the Palladium. In fact, very so- shortly, actually, even if the theatre collapsed, the stage will remain intact of the ashes of so many celebrities who are underneath it. The most famous one up until now, as far as I'm concerned, is Billy Marsh. Billy Marsh, big agent, big, big agent, not with us anymore. And uh, he's got an agency and all that. And Luke used to look after Brucey. Well, Jan used to look after Brucey and loads of other people as well. So a load of hogwash. They've got some third-rate uh, reality stars here uh, going and scrubbing. Megan McKenna and Charlotte Dawson. I mean, to be honest with you, you've never seen anything more pathetic in your entire life. It's like watching one of those jewellery channels, you know, where you watch people going, oh, I can't believe it, we've only got one left, and, and come back and buy it. And you think, you're just flogging tat, aren't you? But obviously people like tat. I sit there riveted to it, absolutely riveted. Can't get enough of it. Uh, what else we got? Uh, we've got uh, favourite Sunday lunch. My- oh, yes, one of the reporters, Jan Moyer, did my week in a burqa, just to see what it was like, just to see what it was like wearing a burqa. I told you the story of uh, of the jewellers in Brentwood who were about to be robbed. But you have to go up the stairs to the jewellers and it's got cameras and they have to buzz you in. And so they, they looked at the camera 
man and his wife, and there were two people in burkas standing there. And so they, they buzzed, and he went on the intercom. Yes, we want look jewellery. They were trying. They were trying to pretend that they were sort of they weren't from this country. And he went. Have you got an appointment? No, we want look jewellery. And, um, and so he said, no, we only do it on an appointment-only basis. He smelt a rat, which he was quite right to. He wouldn't let them in, even though they tried numerous times. And as they were going down the stairs, you heard one say to the other, we'll have to go somewhere else now, won't we? <laughs> Two blokes dressed up in burkas. Honestly, they got into a little mini and pootled off to go and find somebody else to rob. But uh, they didn't manage it in Brentwood. They were a bit too canny for things like that. OK, 12 minutes to six. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, nice to be company. Uh, more rain on the way today. They did say, though, didn't they? I remember saying on, on Friday that they were definitely going to be getting uh, more more rain. They said it's, it's going to be a bit wet this weekend. Why are we surprised? Because we're British. We're British. We complain about the weather. That's all we talk about. Every other country must think we're mad. Everybody else talks about the state of the economy, ice cream, bananas, all sorts of things like that. And what do we talk about? The weather. It's raining again. So I said yesterday at the wedding... I said to uh, to my brother, I said, you know, it rained a little... I mean, it really was just little tiny spots. We were dead lucky with the weather. Dead, dead lucky. And uh, and I said, why don't we just sit here and just get wet? Who cares? It's only water. I'm not going to make any... D- I know people had had their hair done and things like that. But um, it was lovely. It was really, really nice. But I was so tired. You know what it is? You know when you, you drive somewhere and I had to go and pick up my brother's two girls and their boyfriends and uh, and take them on to the place. And so we, we knew where we were going and it was deep in the heart of the new forest, horses wandering about all over the place. And uh, it was lovely. Really, really nice. Really nice. We had food. We had a, we'd already decided the food we had. So I think about two or three months ago, we had to write down what we wanted. We were given a choice of menus. And I never did get any wedding cake. And I like a piece of wedding cake. <laughs> Only every so often, just to make it nice. But it, it was lovely. It really was. And then I looked at the time and thought, I need to get home. I've got to work in the morning. Got to work. But there again, you see, I can always have a little sleep later on today. It doesn't sort of bother me too much. So uh, I hope you're going to have a nice day today. I know that there are loads of people who are sort of getting up to all sorts of things. Uh, I did prove myself right when I predicted that Ant McPartland would not be going back to Saturday Takeaway until at least next year or possibly the year afterwards. And uh, and I said he won't be doing I'm a Celebrity. And lo and behold, that was front page of the papers the other day. Don't ask. That's why I said on the Danny Dyer front, the papers will be finding out everything about him. These people are so dumb. When they go on television programmes, they don't realise that there'll be a journalist somewhere going, oh, right, right. I remember you. I remember your father. You know, and that's it's going to come back and haunt him. It's not his problem. It's the father's problem. You know, he's a drug dealer, convicted, spent time in uh, in prison. But that's it. That that's going to keep. That's going to split them apart. I bet you they won't be together by Christmas because the agent will be going. Secondly, you know, you, you don't want him. You can lose him. You can lose him and just go for somebody else. Uh, David Beckham and good old Vic, two people who prey on Elton's successful career. Lucky man, more wooden than a long stick from the forest, sitting on a bonfire with an oak sign made from the chipboard of fame. Yeah, well, David Beckham. I mean, he, he, he's done it now, hasn't he? Of course, we know how annoyed he was when he didn't get the knighthood. You know, because basically, how can you give them a knighthood? They're just attention-seeking. You might as well give it to Brooklyn Beckham or Cruz or Harper or anything like that. They're all just so perfect. And yet, you know, poor old uh, old Brooklyn, the one who was sort of homesick, and he was just at uni. What a drip. What a drip. Oh, I, want, I miss my mummy. Before, she's hardly ever there. 
hardly ever there. Hang around with your father, who thinks he's got somebody on the same intellectual level. So it'll be pictured going out, you know, sucking on a straw on a Starbucks thing with ice in it. Or something like that. It's all very embarrassing. Uh, George Ezra couldn't be less rock and roll if he tried. He said, I'm boring. Yep, I would go for that one. I saw the video. I can't remember what the name of his hit single is. It probably comes from the album. It's something about a shotgun or something. So I don't know what it is. George Ezra. He's very, he, I mean, he's, he's very famous because he's sort of pretty boy. But I asked somebody the other day, said, is he gay? You know, because he's, he's almost too sort of pretty, pretty. He doesn't look sort of rugged enough. I don't think it's a problem, but I'm just sort of, I'm just sort of curious about these sort of things. I'm always very, very interested in trying to find out about, you know, what the, A, what, what the single is called. Because it's got a sort, of, a sort of a catchy hook to it. And then I saw it on television the other day and I suddenly realised I didn't think it had a catchy hook to it at all, but I still liked it. I'm so fickle. I'm so fickle. Love Island finalist, let's just call it Loser, Wes, is hoping to jump from the Majorcan villa into the Australian jungle. There we go. This is where they, this is where they have to start. A pit. I bet their agent sat down and said, listen, start dropping hints that you want to do I'm a Celeb. He said, I'd never get picked for the trials, though, because I'm not really scared of anything. And Laura Anderson is eyeing up Strictly Come Dancing. You must be joking with a tat you've been doing, dear. I don't think so. Stewardess. I love that. Oh, I think I'll do Strictly. What? With what? With what qualifications? God, is that, that Megan Barton, whatever her name is, you know, the one who performs on the internet. And the fact that they were going, of course, you know, she's, uh, she's made an awful lot of money. She came from a rented place. She's moved into a rented place in South End, of all places. I mean, obviously not as clever. Why is it all the people who work in the porn industry or the sex industry have to tell lies about, oh, I'm earning a serious amount of money? And you look at them and you go, no, you're not. So she was in a rented, couldn't even afford to buy a place. They still can't afford to buy a place. Hilarious. Uh, Mysteries on television, says Gary Bushell. Like, why does Claudia Winkleman earn £380,000 a year and what does she actually do? Don't know. Nothing. Just looks a bit. Why is Walford's E20 nightclub open in the afternoon? And most baffling of all, how did Age Before Beauty ever get commissioned? (laughs) Which is probably true, actually. It's probably true. There are some programmes, you watch them on the telly and you go, this is just rubbish. It's like there's a celebrity... Farm thing. It's got Bobby Cole Norris on. You know we've scraped the barrel when you put him on there. And Louis Spence. I mean, that sort of tired old drag act went out years ago. You know, we've moved on a little bit. We've moved on to the Tom Daly's, people with, you know, brain cells. And then there's a couple here who are on a new programme. It's called True Love or True Lies. And uh, it's an MTV series. It's, they, they found another known as Numpties. And so they've got a couple here. Nikita and Billy. Nikita's got tattoos all up her arms and her legs and everything. What is it with tattoos at the moment? Why have people all got them? He just looks like a fat, overweight blob with tattoos round his neck. Dear me, honestly. And, they, and they've got all sorts of people. Apart from Nikita and uh, Billy, they've got Carrie and Michael, Cameron and Sharice, spelt S-H-E-R-E-E-C-E, the Chav spelling, and then Jack and Luke. I'm guessing they could be gay. And then the hosts are Maya Jama and Danny Dyer. God, blimey, honestly. Honestly, it just gets worse, doesn't it? It doesn't get any better, the television in this country. Ridiculous. Uh, Sunday people, they freed a monster, the rape cop dad, fooled parole. He's still a danger, they say. And here's a picture of Scarlett Moffat. She's uh, in Vegas. She floated in a giant inflatable flamingo. I think you was. I think you'd be finding she is the giant inflatable flamingo. She's wearing this outfit. She's put on a ton of weight. 
having having hoodwinked you all into making believe that she's lost all the weight which she did originally. Now it's all gone back on. And uh, Faye Tozer from Strictly, a professional dancer, ladies and gentlemen, will dodge the show's infamous love curse because her marriage is solid. I mean, I don't know what you're bothered about. You know, people go, the curse of it. Molly King would have an affair with a toothbrush if they were available. She's split from England cricketer Stuart Broad. They, they spent a, a mind-boggling five months together. It's getting ridiculous. Kerry Katona looking a bit gaunt. <laughs> when did she ever? And uh, Kylie Jenner's 21st birthday takes a dramatic turn as a woman has to be carried out on a stretcher and put in the back of an ambulance. Oh, dear. Uh, singer Ellie Goulding announced her engagement to Casper Jopling. You can always tell that's a posh name, isn't it? Casper. Nobody from a sinker state in Newcastle is going to be called Casper, unless it's from the friendly ghost. Uh, some bloke called Nick Grum, Grumshaw or something says leaving a breakfast show may improve his love life. Shouldn't think so. <laughs> Didn't improve your figures, did it? But never mind. Harry Kane welcomes baby daughter Vivian Jane with his fiancée Kate Goodland. You don't think maybe Harry getting married? You know, far be it from me. But, you know, that's what people do in this day and age, don't they? And Katie's car ban gaffe, yes. Katie Price has been exposed by TV film or for lying over the driving ban. Because she got in the car. I mean, she knew she wasn't supposed to be, but she sticks two fingers up to everybody. Because she thinks she can twist it again and try and get something out of it. And uh, she can be heard clearly saying on Katie Price, My Crazy Life, that she doesn't get her licence back till August, proving she knew exactly when it was up. So, again, more lies from the ex-glamour girl. She's 40 now. She was banned from driving at more than 60 miles an hour, and she later failed to provide driver details. She thinks she's above the law. She thinks she can do what she wants. I think the police are about to prove, no, you can't. Gaza is uh, slurring on television, falling ill, they say. He was on Soccer AM, whatever that is. He appeared drowsy. He, says it, he said it was um, sleeping tablets. Well, I mean, unless he'd sort of just taken them and then gone to the studio, in which case you would be feeling a little bit drowsy, I should imagine. It's always a little bit uh, embarrassing. And TV... Chef Jamie Oliver has revealed he sets an alarm as a reminder to go to bed. Do you know he's 43? 43. He was forced to act after his schedule meant he was getting only three and a half hours sleep a night. Ah! And then listening to this programme. And I can't tell you, I so want to tell you, but I, I met um, a person who's actually on Strictly. Uh, they're going to be on, on Strictly. They're, they're not one of these sort of overhyped by their agents going, oh, actually, we're, we're, we're putting them forward for Strictly. She's, uh, she's definitely going on it. And she's going on holiday with her boyfriend. It's already in the papers. I don't know who leaked this one, uh, that she's going to finish with him when they get back from holiday. I was sworn to secrecy. I, didn't, I wasn't supposed to be saying anything, so I didn't. But somebody must have done. And Barbara Windsor's having some really good days with her husband, Scott. She'd be lost without him. He's a tower of force. And we love them both to pieces. News is next. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, every Sunday. 12th of... Here we go. Look, halfway through the month already. And so we're going to be in September. After September, October. I know it runs the same every year, but it's a case of... We are rocketing through this year. I mean, absolutely racing through it. I said to somebody the other day, I said, you know, as you get a bit older... Time passes, you know, people say to you, oh, does time go quickly? By God, it does. And it seems like the other day I was 29. I mean, I wasn't, obviously, but that, that's the way it feels sometimes. Uh, did you hear Sheila Fogarty speak with the lady doctor who is a Muslim talking about why she thinks women wear the burqa or the niqab? It was so enlightening, I played it to my husband yesterday off the web. Easy enough to find. Yes, I do work for the radio station. I can find these things fairly quickly, surprisingly. <laughs> uh, Steve, true British people don't take offence. They debate, laugh... 
or you cannot give offence. You can only take it. Those who choose to uh, to take offence have issues. Those who choose to take it for others have serious issues. Well, I mean, you know, it's it, we seem to have, I don't know if they have it in America, we seem to have these trolls out there who seem to troll all sorts of people. You know, I mean, if, if they will troll a footballer and his girlfriend for having a baby and she had it by, I think it was an underwater birth or one of those water... I don't know how they work anyway. I don't know how the thing breeds, actually. I've never worked this out at all. I'm always interested in... So they go, oh, you can have an underwater birth. And, and, and at home, I think Beverly Turner was saying that she had hers at home. I mean, does that mean you just fill up the bath or something, or do they bring around a paddling pool? Because I don't... You were born at home? Were you really? I was born in a hospital. <laughs> well, we thought... I didn't thought it was posh. Well, you mean you, you, your mother was sort of doing the washing? Oh, I think I'm going to have a child. And then sort of put down some newspaper in the corner, had you, and then carried on doing the washing and everything else. That's how it used to be. People came from big families. Nowadays, people don't have big families unless they can afford to have a big family. But, um... My mum was one of God knows how many, and my dad had uh, quite a few, and uh, there, there was sort of there were lots of people, and nobody seemed nobody seemed to complain because everybody had the same nothing, nobody had anything at all. You know, there was hardly any robbery in our street because nobody had it. People used to leave their back doors open at night because there was nothing to take. Nowadays, you know, we make television programs of people going to rob. People go out with a tractor and come back with a cash point. You know, it's unbelievable. And we sort of go, oh, right, oh, that's OK, is it? I see them on the television, the police, the interceptors and all these other ones, you know, cops with cameras. Then we had police dogs the other day. I've always wanted a police dog. My father used to have a, an Alsatian when we were in Germany. Well, when he was in Germany. I don't know why he had an Alsatian, but I always fancied a short-haired Alsatian because I think they're highly intelligent. And I just think they look like they'd always look after you. I don't know why I think that. There's no, I don't have anything to back that up. But the one yesterday that I was watching was the... Um, one of these uh, cops who's actually got a police dog. And what does he do? Oh, he sniffs out people. People. He can find people. And so when they have somebody who, who's gone missing, somebody for two or three days, his nose is so sensitive he can pick up a scent and find out where, they, uh, where they've gone to. One of them, he, he followed them to the river. And it turns out the person had fallen in the river at that point and they recovered the body a little bit further down the line. But the dog then gets pregnant and it had the most beautiful litter of Als- what? Of, of Alsatian puppies. And, and I remember thinking, do you know, I think if I had an Alsatian or any sort of dog and it had puppies, I think I'd just become some mad, some mad bloke who had dogs. You know, that, that, <laughs> I can't think of any other reason. I looked at them, I thought, oh, I want puppies. I want puppies. I've decided I wanted loads of them. And I think, now you've got to have loads of room for them. Because the Beckhams, if you notice, don't have any pets at all. No no pets. You'd have thought by now that somebody would have said, can we have a dog? And she'd go, no, you can't. You know, and Dave would go, oh, I'd like a dog. And think, Harper's, oh, of course, Harper's got a pet. Yeah, but you don't bring it in the house, do you? You don't take the pony in the house. And also, we haven't actually had any pictures fed to us by their media of Harper actually astride the thing, or perhaps standing on it in the circus. You know, because they're just so multi-talented, the Beckhams. It's almost a bit embarrassing, isn't it? The sort of We haven't seen any pictures, but we have seen them on holiday in Bali. They did the apology, and then they went back to sort of, let's, let's talk about us. Let's talk about us. Uh, Steve, it's a typo, says Paul. Our David is appearing on Vague magazine, not Vogue. It's very cruel, isn't it? You know, I mean, Dave's marvellous, isn't it? Uh, Rob says, have you ever tried a jacket potato with Branston pickle? Have you ever had your head buried in the sand? 
Why on earth would you want a baked potato with, with pickle? Oh, horrible. Sounds vile, actually. Actually, after the, the wedding yesterday, I missed that they had an evening barbecue. An evening barbecue. I missed that one. I was a bit excited. Because, actually, my um, brother's oldest girl, her, her boyfriend, is a celiac. Is it celiac? It's, you have to be careful over wheat and stuff like that. But, you know, the hotel catered for it without any problem. So his, his meal, he, when they did the bread rolls, his arrived first, and it was completely separate for everybody else's, gluten-free. And then he had his main course, and there was something he didn't have in that one. And everything was sorted out for him. They were very good. So I wonder how, if you phoned up a restaurant now and said, oh, I'm coming out, uh, a friend of mine is a celiac. Can you cater for, for that? Because they then, for the barbecue, his, his food was kept separately. Because apparently you can't touch it. If I touched it, or if his girlfriend touched it, then that could make him quite ill. And I didn't realise. I suddenly realised I, I don't know enough about celiacs to sort of to talk about it. But I was, I was quite interested, because I remember before, when we'd been out with him, that uh, it was that. Jan. Oh, it was Jan who talked about the uh, Sheila Fogarty with the lady who was the, uh, the Muslim. Uh, which is lovely. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, Mel B is a judge on America's Got Talent. Sure, she's doing just fine. She owes a fortune, Looney Tunes. She owes a fortune. And uh, she's only just been given that job, actually. She's only just been given that job by Simon Cowell because it came to an end. You really must keep up, you know. I'm sorry this, uh, this programme has to educate you on what you don't know about things. So she's not doing fine at all. She's just been told to pay... The, uh, the ex, Stephen Belafonte, the threesome, uh, just under a million dollars. A million dollars. She doesn't have a million dollars. <laughs> Paul says, in real life, Leroy's mum was in prison for murder. Oh, right. I don't remember that, actually. But um, people knew everything about them. There's a place in Dubai, Steve, says Martin, where you can buy alcoholic drinks like Costco, and they pack it in sort of you know, things that so nobody knows what you're carrying. Well, they can't be that daft. They must realise, see people walking around with these sort of sacks going, alcohol, maybe? You know, in certain parts of India as well, Friday night, knock on the door, there's the little brown paper bags with alcohol in. It's like, you know, I remember I told you years ago, I did a programme once. Why did I do a programme? I did it from a cinema at Piccadilly Circus with an invited audience. And the manager was, was sort of saying, I said, do people go out to cinemas now? He said, absolutely. He said, all the Muslim boys and girls come into the cinemas late at night so they can hold hands and snog. You know, way out of sight of their parents. So uh, don't don't believe everything nowadays. There's always a way round it. You know, uh, we don't actually drink alcohol. <laughs> Got some in the cupboard, okay. In case we have visitors, things like that. Uh, ten past six. Ten past six. So Barbara Windsor is having some really good days as she battles Alzheimer's. Scott will see her through. Don't worry, he's the boy. He's the man who can do it. And uh, everybody said he is the most wonderful husband. Never any doubt in my mind. Never any doubt. You know, and they said it wouldn't last, Scott. They said it wouldn't last. I remember, you know, them talking to me about that ages ago. I mean, without him, she'd be lost. I mean, yes, I think without him, she'd be lost. He, he's the best possible person. Best possible person, bless his heart. Honestly, it can't be easy for either of them. Uh, TV films in the feud. What's this? A mission to the sun. They're looking at um, the fastest man-made object in history. We'll look as it... Uh, well, look, this is what it looks like when it approaches the sun at 430,000 miles an hour. Don't you think it would just burn up? I mean, the sun, it's, it's kind of hot. You know, if we can feel it down here, it must be dreadful up there. But they're thinking of um, of sending something up there. Uh, a motorcycle 
rider complained he had to take off his helmet at garage while a woman in a burqa filled up a car beside him. Yes, I mean, put it this way. He said, I had an open face helmet so people could see my identity. Uh, we've all got it. You know, you'll see on loads of buildings, motorcycle couriers take your helmet off when you when you come in. I mean, you know, are we going to see that, you know, if you're wearing a burqa, you can't come in here? Is that going to be the next thing? I don't know. Uh, here's Kitty. Kitty is the uh, the daughter of um, Keith Harris and Orville. I wish I could fly right up to the sky, but I can't. You can. I can't. And she says, I thought Orville was real. In a way, he's still at home, alive, chilling with us. They've still got him. How interesting. How interesting. She liked Cuddles as well, who was the uh, the monkey. I love things like that. I think I think that they should all be in museums. In museums. Uh, what have we got here? Uh, this is oh, Rita Ora doing another showy off-gown. I'm so, I'm so bored with Rita Ora and Nicole Scherzinger. I really am. I don't want to be, but I can't help it. Every time I open up the paper, there's another picture of Rita Ora out on the town. I'm thinking, oh, God, go away. Uh, Britain's loneliness epidemic, according to Rachel Bletchley, just saying, in the paper today, uh, is, is getting worse. 1.2 million pensioners will spend this summer eating every meal alone, starved of company and conversation. You know why? Because people are too... I said last week, people are too proud to say, look, I don't, I don't have anybody. I mean, we have, we have neighbours where I live and people talk to each other. You might not have the lengthiest conversation, but we're always there for each other. That's what it's all about, definitely. Uh, I like the colour supplements. I'm not going to bore you with uh, with most of them, but except that Love Sunday for the Sunday people. This is uh, Joe Pasquale. The only thing I don't have enough of, he says, is time. He's, he's, he's quite clearly such a nice man. He's been with us on numerous occasions, numerous occasions for In Conversation, and uh, we love him every time. Uh, a ten-year-old boy in the paper today. How much does he weigh? 17 stone. Sorry? <laughs> oh, I don't think that. I mean, he's ten. Yes, oh, right. <laughs> he faces death if he can't beat his addiction. Uh, uh, because of cuts, he can't get vital NHS addiction. Oh, look, here's Rita Ora again. This is her on holiday. Never, never away from it, really, is she? Uh, more on the TV exposes Katie's lie on the driving ban. Why does she tell lies? Why does she tell lies? I mean, let's, can we contact all her ex, not us, but the newspapers, all her ex-husbands and boyfriends and go, did she pay you? She claims she paid Kieran Haler as sort of like a retainer. Would have been cheaper to bring in rent boys, wouldn't it, actually, as opposed to sort of doing this. So here's this, her what? Yes. Anyway, moving on. Can't repeat some of this. Stuff. He's on a roll. Um, so this boy, aged 10, who weighs 17 stone, he can't beat a food addiction. Well, he must try, darling. I'm sorry, at ten years old. This is, this is your mother, isn't it? So he feels like a slave to his weight. He binges on crisps and chocolate that he steals from the kitchen. He says, I just want to be a normal ten-year-old, but I want help. Can't, can't you just stop eating? You know, it's like giving up smoking or giving up alcohol. You can do it, you know. Can they not buy chocolate bars and crisps and leave them in the kitchen? What it is, it's people who go, oh, I can't do it. Can you give me something to make me not do this? You know, and I, I don't think we should. There was a devastated mum here, devastated by her daughter's way. She paid four and a half thousand quid to get, quid to get her daughter on a slimming programme. I mean, you know, at ten years old, you should not be this size. You know, and I blame your mother. You know, don't buy chocolate biscuits. Don't have crisps in the kitchen. Don't have anything like that at all. Because it's quite... Because the mother's quite slim. But it's very easy. And they always go, oh, you know, all this food, all this food. I'm now addicted to it. No, you're not. Just you're lazy. That's what it is. It comes down to lazy. 
You know, and the NHS don't have money to deal with that. It's up to your parents to tell you how to eat properly, not to the NHS to tell you how to eat. You know, when I was younger, we got exercise. Admittedly, as I got a little bit older, I got slightly lazier. And um, another one here. We're talking about the um, the uh, Mel B owing a fortune. Owing a fortune, I'm afraid. And uh, somebody says, took my mum and dad to the Ivy in Winchester. Lovely food and service. But the noise deafening. Oh, people are noisy nowadays. People, are... You go to restaurants. I, I quite like the buzz. I like, you know, getting into the groove as it is. You know, I like stuff like that. Otherwise, if you're in a really quiet restaurant, that's really embarrassing. Do you know what I mean? Ivies are over loud. But it's also it's the size of the rooms. Because none of them are purpose-built, they're all existing buildings adapted. They've got big... Uh, the one that's in Richmond used to be a bank. And then it was uh, a part of the castle in Richmond. And then it was an all-bar one, and now it's the Ivy. So it's kind of been a lot of things, really, isn't it? Uh, 17... Oh, I saw something the other day. What's that thing called? It's not five... Is it Five Guys, the burger place? I went, because we've been in there. It's so expensive. I mean, it's seriously expensive. But I went to Burger King on the motorway on the way down. Can you believe a small double burger with bacon, bacon cheese, I think, over five and a half quid? Really expensive Burger King. I've decided, not again, but I wanted the hash browns. But oh, we don't do hash browns. Why not? It's on the menu of every other blasted Burger King. But uh, there you go. Sorry, I'm not moaning. I'm not moaning. I'm trying to be nice this morning because it's Sunday. 18 minutes past six. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 21 minutes past six. Steve Allen's uh, early breakfast. And um, uh, another one here. Uh, So they went to the Ivy and they're driving uh, to the brothers later. Steve, we passed the station in Eastleigh and there's a huge banner advertising Eastleigh Pride. Good Lord. Even in Eastleigh. They have pride in Eastleigh. Do they really? Uh, Kelly Brook went out with the talented England and Gloucester rugby player Danny Cipriani, says Jan. Yes, we remember what, what she said about him. Didn't she? She wasn't, she wasn't very complimentary in the downstairs department at all. And then pictures appeared online, which, which sort of kind of proved it. I've never understood, says Charlotte, who's in Wimbledon. I never understand why... Oh, yes, I, was, I must tell you, actually, talking of mispronunciation. Mispronunciation, mispronunciation. I was going down the motorway and I've got uh, a sat-nav. And this one couldn't pronounce Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Bournemouth, she pronounced it. This is the sat-nav. Where do they get these people from? Bournemouth. 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 Anyway, I've never understood, says Charlotte, why all Middle Eastern airlines serve free liquor on board. There seems to be a lot of double standards. How can they then prosecute passengers for drinking alcohol when they disembark? I think it's the fact it's in your system. I don't understand how it was. I think the trouble is in this particular instance, I think she'd been a bit abusive. I don't know how much drink she'd had, but I think she'd, she'd argued the toss with them over something. Because people are like that. But it, you're right. If Emirates serve booze on the way over, how can you complain when somebody gets off the flight who's had a glass of, or two, or a bottle, or whatever it is, with your meal? They used to say that, though, years ago. You go out somewhere and you have a meal on an airline. They go, would you like, um, like a, a, a glass of wine or something to go with that? And they give you those little bottles. You get the plastic glass and a little bottle of either red or white wine. I never, thought, I never saw the point of that at all. I never really understood it. Uh, Steve, uh, yes, so that, that's why they do prosecute. But I don't think Emirates have got anything to do with the, uh, with sort of the, uh, the drink things on the, on the airline. Uh, Steve, was the producer thinking of Clockwork Orange, directed by Stanley Kubrick, with the rabbit? No, he was thinking of Donnie Darko, Jane. We've already explained that to you. He's got quite angry now. Seriously, I'm having to calm him down whilst I'm actually on air, which is not the easiest thing to do. Yes, it's something to do with rabbits. 
plenty, plenty of films have rabbits, like like Who Framed Roger and Harvey, the giant six-foot rabbit with, uh, is it James... James Stewart, Harvey. The, I quite like that idea of having a six-foot rabbit walking around with you. Please make up your own jokes and uh, <laughs> perish the thought. Uh, Steve, I'd put £50 on you to be the next James Bond. Well, I think your money's safe on that one. Can you imagine? <laughs> imagine. We've picked this bloke who works on the radio in the early hours of the morning to be the next James Bond. I don't think I could do it, but have you heard the money they're offering? <sighs> Crikey, honestly, I'll tell you, I'm very poorly paid. Very poorly paid, but but I never complain. Yeah, with my Bentley. Uh, I, too, love planes. Not always do I like flying, but I like watching them on YouTube, says Miriam, who's in Jerusalem. I've got lots of pictures of planes, and I love painting planes, too. In fact, I've just started an oil painting of two planes, mirror images in the rain. Oh, I think you're mad, Miriam. I was only joking, actually. I had pictures of me on the walls of my bedroom. <laughs> pictures of planes. Actually, you know, we, we did have model, airfix models. I think it was something to butch you up. You know, in the early days, they went, you know, if we actually give him that, as opposed to sort of a shopping trolley with sort of plastic goods in there so he could go shopping. I don't know. Uh, Steve, morning. I'm enjoying my first mug of tea of the day, courtesy of the Withenshaw Hospital. Gastroenterology uh, wards nurse Jody. Pass on my praise. You have a credibility I lack. Well, figures, doesn't it, really? That's, you can't always have, you know, it doesn't... Uh... What was your meal at the wedding? Chicken, chicken and um, crumble. And on each of the name tags, it had Steve Allen, chicken, chicken, crumble. And so it was chicken with something at the beginning, and then it was other chicken with some vegetables. It was very nice. The crumble was the best bit. It was crumble, but it, they'd almost mixed up the apple with the crumble, put it there. So it wasn't like a layer of apple and then the crumble on top. It was all mixed up chunks of apple. And then in the middle, there was um, a scoop of blackcurrant sorbet. Which sounds odd, but it was really nice. It was ever so refreshing. Ever so... Blooming hot, though. The plate was really, really hot. But it was... It was so that, that's what I had to eat. And then they had um, toast. You always get toast. Toast the bride. Toast the groom. Toast the, uh, you know, the groom's uh, family. Toast the bride's family. Every, everybody got toasted. So you, you could get quite sozzled just during the, the, uh, the lunch. It was lovely. It was really lovely. It was very, very nice. Uh, Mel B lives not too far from me. Buckinghamshire. I've been there. Hello, I've been to the house. Yes, and uh, it's uh, full of pre-owned celebs with Range Rovers, fake tan and enormous Christmas trees, says Cliff. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I went to a party at Mel's uh, house a few years back. A few years back. Clearly on air. No. It's all right, I'm just sort of checking. I have to try and work this thing out. I've just watched a new shop called The Coroner. New shop, is it? I don't know. It says here, where the title character's woken in the early hours to attend the scene of a death. Not a police officer in sight. I've never heard of it. Never heard of it. I don't like those. Sometimes I like those sort of things. Well, in fact, you, you switched off as well, uh, Dallas, so that's good. And in Ashford, he says, you've just exposed a sex scandal. Listen, I expose loads of things. Seriously, but it's just the way it is. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> Kitty Harris, yes. All the old jokes are the best on this one. But uh, Tanya says, your rundown of fame made me laugh, as I did just the same a couple of days ago for my daughter. She's about to start at the Brit school. And somebody said to her, oh, that's like fame, isn't it? Her answer, what is fame? Me. Ah, it's time we educated you. Anyway, thanks to Netflix, she loved it. The film, more than the series. Same with the producer. He doesn't do the series. It's, oh, don't, don't get me going on that one again. But he went quite huffy, you know. So he, he did fame the film. And uh, I can't... Bruno, 
was a, a bit of an annoying person. And, but I just thought the whole thing was a bit of fun. I'm, I had a producer, Uncle Rob, some years ago, and he went to see the kids from fame. I think they were at the Royal Albert Hall, because the country was gripped by it. Not kind of, you know, gripped in the same way as some of the other programmes that turn up on the television. But I think it's... I, I thought it was brilliant. I loved it. I didn't go, because I, I, I just... I don't know why, actually. Have you ever been to a fancy dress party? Yes. Yes. Vienna. I went as a clown. And... Um, I went to a fancy dress shop where you buy the stuff over there and I rented the actual outfit, but I had to buy the shoes and the wig and stuff like that. I look unrecognisable. You buy a little packet of crayons to do, you know, wax crayons to do your makeup. And uh, Vienna is full of students. And in the student halls, they have fancy dress parties and everybody dresses up. Everybody dresses up. I loved it. Especially as a clown, because you can hide, can't you, behind it. So nobody knows what you look like. I thought it was brilliant. Uh, Steve, I purchased a Bluetooth Christmas tree bauble yesterday. Send Christmas strong songs to the tree from your phone. I've got a railway that goes on the Christmas tree. A little, little railway, a Santa Claus railway, which is good. Uh, Steve, re-pets. Did Paul consider calling a rabbit Stewie? Stop it, don't even go there. Seriously, very sore subject on that one. And uh, over in Brooklyn is John. Many a night, he says, I fall asleep to you. Well, it's all right. I don't mind. It seems OK. I can just about cope with things. The producer's slightly wary of that one. That sounds just slightly out of the ordinary. But we don't care. We don't care. Do you see the pictures of the flooding in France? I mean, my God. I know we, we've had it bad here. I know, I know. But over there, it just looked uh, even worse. Also, the fury is the firm has axed Sunday trains, trains again. Why do people do that? It's so annoying. It's like I go in the bus lanes when it says you can. And today is Sunday, so in certain parts of the capital, you can go in the bus lane. It says bus lane is Monday to Saturday. So Sunday, you're all right. But it's amazing how many people, even in Twickenham, people sort of try and pull in in front of you. you go, I mean, And you could see them going, it's a bus lane. And you go, no, it's not. Can't you read? Unfortunately, that is the truth. Most of them, uh, most of them can't. Um, what have we got? Oh, we need to take a, a quick break because it's the LBC News at 6.30. The headlines brought to you this morning by Philip Chrysikos. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. It's Sunday, the 12th of August. So they've said in one of the papers, it's only one of the, but I can't find it in the other papers, that uh, turkey and veg could be stuffed for Christmas. That's not literally stuff for Christmas. They just think that there's going to be a shortage of turkeys. I mean, I wouldn't mind. We're only in August. And also vegetables. Because of the weather, it's sort of... Put, well, you know, that's what we have frozen vegetables for. So you can have frozen... You don't have to have fresh, but, I mean, we do, we do quite like frozen uh, stuff at certain times. There are certain things you can have. And then at other times, because there are fruit and veg shops, thank God... That's what you get. So, I mean, what do they expect you to do? Order your... There's always going to be frozen turkeys. Not the same as a a fresh one, I realise. But, you know, have you seen the price of fresh turkeys? They're not cheap. You know, you can spend anything up to £100 plus. £100 plus for a turkey. Very odd. Very, very odd. Uh, Steve, they've thought about that probe burning up when it goes nearer to the sun. To avoid it, they're going at night. It's an old gag, but it's good, actually. Uh, Jan says, many, many years ago, we happened to go and visit Harrison Caves, stalactites and stalactites in Barbados. And Keith Harris was on the trip and he started using all his funny voices echoing around. It was the funniest thing ever. My jaws ached from laughing so much. I like things like that. My mother used to, there was, you know, there's something you'll hear this evening. 
on my celebrity guest interview on In Conversation when I uh, when I, I talked to him about money. You probably already heard it. It's a little clip. He laughed and laughed and laughed. Seriously. And I remember thinking, I didn't think it was that funny. I mean, it was good, but it wasn't that funny. <laughs> yeah. But then, and, and then, then when he said to me after, he said, okay, can I use that? I went, yeah, of course you can. I don't think it was mine in the first place. And, uh, and it's the simplest thing ever. If you haven't heard it, it's on the LBC uh, website. It's the simplest thing ever. When we talk about, you know, when, when, you, when you go, when you finally depart this mortal coil, uh, what you can do with your money. I said, I'm taking it with me. He said, how are you going to manage that? And I said, I'm going to take a check. And he laughed and he laughed again. So when you hear it, just remember, you heard it first on LBC. Uh, there's a, a trader, an online trader caught flogging football merchandise, fake football merchandise. Trading standards officers found 30,000 counterfeit items at Kieran Rudd's home after being tipped off by the Football Association. He's now been ordered to pay £89,000 and legal costs of 16000 uh, 323 by a confiscation hearing. He comes from Stanmore, south-west London. He was selling the Chinese-made memorabilia uh, in Liverpool and Arsenal just before games. Trading standards say it's great to protect consumers from fakes. There's loads of fakes. You go around markets now, there's tons of fakes. Headphones, clothing, towels, all sorts of things. It's all faked up. You know, that's why people... And people like to think... You know, that it, it's knockoff stuff that somebody sort of robbed a lorry or something. That's what they like. They always sell you that, don't they? I always think so anyway. Uh, what have we got here? The crow's feet. This is crow. I said the other day, they are incredibly inventive crows. They can literally hold a bag down or lift it out of a, of a rubbish sack and then they can um, and then they can sort of pull it apart. I mean, I think that's clever, don't you? I'm always amazed by that. Uh, Katie, keen to wed new toy boy, Boyson. Oh, honestly, the naive, you know, you'd have thought by now she'd have realised that it's not going particularly well. And uh, now it turns out that Kieran's trying to flog his ring, his wedding ring, uh, worth a thousand. Uh, but she's only going to get 500 for it. She's not she's not really making any money at all. It's not enough because she's running, they say, at £10,000 a month to look after the house. I don't know how that works out. But uh, so she's been given four weeks by the courts to stave off bankruptcy. Uh, in trouble with the old bill for getting the date of the driving ban, but she knew exactly when it was. Absolutely, she knew, because she talked about it. But uh, she's still making plans for the future, because she's naive. And uh, she's so happy with her boyfriend, fitness instructor Chris Boyson, that she's telling friends she may make him husband number four. It's a bit tragic, really, isn't it? We all feel a bit sorry for her. But uh, she's been dreamily telling pals she's got a heart set on a Christmas wedding in Thailand. She's lined up the uh, the bridesmaids, Kerry Katona, well, lining Kerry Katona up would be hilarious. Hilarious. A source said Katie's smitten with Chris. They love each other. And Katie's already talking about them being together forever. Yeah, for that read, about 18 months to a year. It's as simple as that. You know, none of her relationships last. So she's asked her friends, including Kerry Katona. I mean, how are, are they really close friends or just another load of old codswallop? Her beautician and her best friend Dion. Ooh, who they are, we've got no idea. Her dream is for a wedding on the beach abroad. She just has to divorce Kieran. Yeah, and he's holding out, actually. He doesn't want any of these cheap um, cheap wedding things. Because apparently she spent a fortune on it, as you can well imagine. So she'll marry this one, sell, sell the pictures for, you know, 100,000 or something like that. And, um, and there you go. In June, it was uh, revealed that Kieran refused her request for a quickie divorce, so they need to, do, need to do things properly. Of course they do. There's children involved. But she doesn't care about that. 
She's only interested in herself, and that's why it's another one that will end in total disaster. You know, we predicted it for all of them. Every time she goes, oh, this is the one, this is the real man, and you watch. He'll be flogging her down the river, ladies and gentlemen. It's as uh, easy as that. Uh, Steve, Queen Barbara Windsor is one of the few remaining actors from the Greats era. Long may she reign. Yeah, she's taking, you know, day by day by day, which is the only way that she can... Uh, you can't cold next door, is it, or something? Keep our coat on. It's, uh, you know, one of those sort of things. Uh, Steve, uh, 84850, another one here, says uh, vape. Do you know, everywhere I go, vaping shops. I don't think I've ever seen so many. There was a, a hairdresser uh, in East Twickenham, and they tried it. It just didn't work. Done up beautifully, but just in the wrong place. Just in the wrong place. I don't know why. There was something uh, about it. But uh, interesting. Anyway, it sort of closed and then they started doing it. What has it turned into? A vaping shop. Although the trouble is you can't actually see in. It's a, they've got all these things all over, the win- all over the windows. All these stickers, you know, buy this vape and everything else. I mean, I've, I've known people vape for ages and you get clouds of smoke. if you va- It just doesn't interest me. Well, I mean, I don't smoke anyway. But, uh, but for a lot of people... Uh, it's it's the way to try and stop smoking. But when you've got a 10-year-old boy who's addicted to chocolate bis- biscuits and crisps, the simple answer is, don't have them in the kitchen. You know, stick celery sticks in the fridge and carrot sticks or something like that. Get him to eat raw mushrooms or anything, I don't care. But just keep him away from the chocolate. I mean, he's 17 stone at the age of 10. I mean, it's got to be bad for you. And they go, oh, it's quite dangerous. No kidding, no kidding. Uh, Steve, many years ago, my husband and I took my daughter and niece to see Fame at the Royal Albert Hall, later dropped them off at Gough Square, where you were having one of your New Year's Eve get-together, says Barbara. God, you've got a good memory. What we used to do is uh, we would do a New Year's Eve party, invite people in, and we'd have drinks. We'd just have a roving microphone. How it worked, I've got... I mean, looking back on it, I can't begin to tell you how it worked. I've got no idea. Well, very kindly, actually, a friend of mine got something sent to him by uh, one of our newsreaders, Bill Overton, and it's the Radio Trent listings, which has got Peter Tate and Dale Winton on it. Uh, Peter, we worked with at UBN, and Dale used to do his programme in the morning from about, I don't know, half past nine through till ten or something like that. And, um, and Peter Tate uh, got the early, the early gig. It was lovely, but he, unfortunately, uh, became very ill. And so we went up there. I've never been, actually, to Leeds before. We went up there a couple of times. It's full of students. Absolutely full of... I've never seen so many students. It's like, what? You were born in Leeds. Oh, right. At home. At home. You were born at home. I know. I mean, I, I keep up with these things. You've got a Leeds accent. What is a Leeds accent? Yeah, but it's, oh, it's, it's just Yorkshire, is it? Oh, right. They have a special accent. Right. And they're not shy in so using it, talking like... What if it's, the, if it's what they use? Of course they'd be not shy in talking like it. But I don't know. How do you know somebody's from Yorkshire? Uh, they, will, they will tell you about it. I quite like Yorkshire. I thought it was, I'd love to go back. I'd love to go back and just see if it's changed or, you know, what, what, what's sort of going on. Uh, Steve, uh, tobacco consumption today, zero. Vape is pretty much out of battery, but hey-ho, soon Easter. Yes, I mean, we're not that far away, are we? Christmas is, is the next big thing. It is, because look at it. We, we, we're in... We're in August now, then September, then it's into the run-up to Christmas, October, November, and then we're there. And then it's another year gone. Oh, bonfire night, I forgot about that. 
Halloween, I don't do Halloween. I think it's become far too Americanized. Far, you know, where, where, where people sort of go, oh, we're all... I mean, it's all right in the film E.T., where they actually took him out and you discover everybody's going round in fancy dress. Over here, you just get a... Some of them are quite good in London. We sort of obviously are better served than some of the little outlying places. But uh, quite good, actually. I've, I've never dressed up for Halloween. I've never done trick-or-treating or had... I just electrify the doorbell at the front and uh, they're stupid enough to push it. It's their own fault. <laughs> I always watch on the cameras. Look, here's another little kitty. Ready, everybody? <laughs> I always laugh. So much easier. Uh, do you watch Alan Titchmarsh? Yes. Yes, I love Alan Titchmarsh. And Jackie says, do you have winter baskets and pots? Yep. Yep, certainly do. Certainly. The good thing is they don't require as much as much watering. It's the watering thing that's driving me mad again, as it does every year. Elton John with his two uh, children. And uh, they're wearing all the right stuff, Gucci and everything. They, they're sort of... You know, I don't think they know who sort of daddy is. I just know that daddy sort of spends most of his time going by private jet and all the rest of it and probably just being very sort of camp and queeny as he was in tantrums and tiaras. But I loved it. I wish they'd show it again. And uh, two mums in the paper today have beaten the odds. They've found each other to trade tips on raising quads. They've got quads. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yes, they've got five each. They're lovely. Well, don't, don't kids look great? You know, when they're that age, they look really cute. And then they're kind of... Quads are four, are they? Oh, Quince is five. Wait, I'm just counting these kids. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, no, the ten. You're quite right. Oh, they've got ten. Yeah, all right. Start shouting at me. I'm... There's ten children pictured in here. There's ten... They say, these mums are beating the odds, finding each other to raise tips on raising quads. So they've got... There's ten children here. There's two kids have wandered into the set. They're all wearing little teeth. How funny. Perhaps, perhaps they had them before. Perhaps they had them... Yeah, I, th- I think they might have had two each. One, one of, you know, a girl each. Well, I, do you know, to be honest with you, don't shout at me. I don't want to be shouted at. I don't, I'm just merely passing on the quad families and two of the kids look like could be a little bit older, you know, hanging on to the kids, you know. What's the matter with kids today? It'll go well. Uh, very quickly. Um, bam, 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 bam. Uh, rude shock for mothers. This is the knock-on effect. Work in civility. Can have a knock-on effect. Making kids' lives harder through tough parenting. Gosh, everybody. Uh, also, Colleen Nolan revealing this week that her baby son was choked to death on a biscuit, leaving her with a crippling phobia about kids choking. There is that danger. Because, you know, even when we were kids, you, you took a bite of a biscuit, you know, and you didn't really, you just want to cram it all in your mouth in case it, you know, disappeared completely. What are we going to do? We can take a time check. It's 14 minutes to seven. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Ten to seven. Ten minutes. Tom Swarbrick will be here with uh, weekend breakfast for you today being Sunday. Uh, Dragon's Den, Peter. This is Peter Jones. He's enormous. He's so, he's about six foot six. But he's going to shake up TV show in America. Uh, they reckon that he's too tame compared to the UK show. So he's in talks to shape up, shake up Shark Tank, as it's, uh, as it's called. Also, Deborah Meaden found one pitch on Dragon's Den particularly hard to stomach. Uh, there was a, an entrepreneur who demonstrated an autopsy. She said, I thought I was going to be sick. I'm not at all surprised, not at all surprised. Uh, and what else have we got here? I'm trying to find something that's of interest. 
Uh, oh, that's right. The UK is roasting, raising Christmas turkey prizes already. Already. Denzel Washington says he's a proud papa. You can catch me talking to Denzel Washington this evening at nine o'clock on LBC together with Celia Imrie. My favourite lady actress. One of my favourite. She's kind of high up on my list. In fact, she's pretty high up. Uh, Front page, it's the 17 stone boy at the age of 10. He's been denied cash for weight loss camp. Well, I'm sorry, you have to make an effort. It's like, you know, ladies or gentlemen who are very overweight. um, They they, they go for surgery and the surgeons say, you're you're too fat for surgery. You've got to lose weight. You've got to get down to a certain thing. There's a certain criteria attached to... Surgery. So when I had the cataracts done, being diabetic, I've got to get my blood sugars down to under 14. I think it is either 14 or 15. And that was uh, that was a bit of a struggle. But I did it. That's why with this kid at 10, they say he faces death if he can't beat his addiction. Well, stop buying chocolate. There was that woman who a while ago and I think she was she was huge. But and, and so they went right. You know, nobody's to sort of get her all this food. So she was ordering takeaways on the phone. She could eat, like, three Chinese meals a day, like the full meal. And she wondered why she was as big as she was. She was having Kentucky Fried Chicken delivered, fish and chips, the local kebab shop. She was one of their best customers. And you think, that's why you're the size you are. That's what it comes down to. It comes down to what you're popping in your mouth, unless you've got some sort of illness. Uh, Front page of uh, of the people. Abby, thank you all. You've saved my life. Three year fight for treatment, so good for her. But the serial rapist ex-cop Stephen Mitchell back on the streets. They freed, they say, a monster. Up-and-coming Strictly star Faye Tozer. She's not a Strictly star. She's just somebody who's not working very much who's going to be on the dancing programme. The rest of the group will hate her to pieces. But they'll all turn up, you know, because that's what these, these people do. It's, you know, they, they, can't, they can't get enough of it, as they say. Uh, Daily Star, Bruce's ashes, ashes buried at the Palladium. Loads them there. And they seem to think, for some inexplicable reason that Roxanne Pallet uh, is going to make 750000 for going into the TV house. What? You could get her for 20 quid. You know, if she gets 15000 I'd be very surprised. Certainly never seven hundred fifty. She's working on a little local radio station. So she's dumped them to go and do this, as if it's going to revive a career. What is it with these people? There's no way they're paying her 750000 quid. I mean, look how many years' work that is. There's no way she'd be earning that. Not in a million... I want to see the paycheck. I want to see the paycheck. So Bruce's uh, ashes... And it uh, could be under the Palladium, which I think will be absolutely lovely. Tributes, you know. And it's interesting, the Palladium failed to respond when asked for a comment on the story last night. Well, they wouldn't. Why would they? You don't discuss who's being buried in certain places, and his ashes could go there. Troubled Aunt McPartland. Nice house. He's just moved into a £4 million mansion with his new girlfriend. It's rented. It's not. So he doesn't own it. Even though he's got the money for some reason. But he's studying fine art as part of his recovery. Is he really? Is he really? Who wrote this? Ed Gleave again. He gets these things. Why is he Why is he doing this? And here's... Oh, it's Rita Ora again. It's like every paper you open up, it's Rita Ora. Uh, uh, one here. A lot of rain over the last two days, says Chris in Cardiff. And uh, last night. Next weekend, self and mum due to be in Devon. With my sister who does the driving. I mean, counting the days. Isn't it lovely if somebody else does the driving and all you can do is sit in the back of the car and just go to sleep? That's all I want to do is go to sleep. Curl up. I, I can move my seats in the back. Not so they go horizontal, but the, I, you could lie in the boot. You could absolutely lie in the boot. So much easier. Uh, super rich Brits are having their brains frozen after they die and a bit to be reborn. Don't waste your money. Nobody's going to bother unfreezing you, dear. The moment you're actually dead... And they've got, uh, I've heard of this, you know, people freezing their heads or their arms or their legs. 
arms a bit pointless, isn't it? And legs. We're going to have just a pair of legs wandering around. So they say, oh, and it's going to be there for in the future. And you think, I'm sorry, so you're going to be connected up to what? You know, you're, you're assuming. There was that ridiculous film years ago, which was where some kids were rooting around. What the hell was it called? And uh, it had a very well-known actor in it. And he'd been frozen in time. So they, and then they just brought him back again. He was, he'd been sort of in a... Because somebody would just go and switch it off. Wouldn't they? You know, go, I'm sorry, I'm turning you off today. I've had enough of it. Because that's what they think. They think if you freeze your head, it's uh, cryogenics, isn't it? You can, you can freeze bits of your body. I know which bit of my body I'd be having frozen. I'm telling you. So it could come back to life in the future. One of my feet. Definitely. And, uh, and then the idea is that when they have the, the technology, they're going to unfreeze you and do whatever they do with you. You have to replace all the things. Oh, it's horrible. Sounds good. But there again, so you could be in there for 100 years. Who's going to pay the bills on the electricity? I'm terribly sorry. We've got grandma's head residing in the garage in a chest freezer. They're going to have to make sure that there's no power cuts or anything like that. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Listening to in Charing Cross Hospital after having a, a knee amputation last Friday due to diabetes, says Tony. Oh, good. Well, I say, oh, good, because at least you've had it done. So that makes it a lot easier now because you can't live with things like that. Uh, you could have what? You could have, yes. Producer's being silly now. He said you could have your knee frozen. You can't walk around on it, can you? If it's If it's sort of, you know dangerously going to make you ill. Mind you, you've got to get used to it. Apparently a lot of people who've lost legs and can still feel the leg. They can still feel as though it's there, even after it's gone, which is strange. Yorkshire's a great place, Steve. I love the countryside in the good old Lake District. Yes, I, 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 it's very pretty, but there are certain parts of this, this country of ours which I think are absolutely fantastic. The Lake District... Yeah, no, the Lake District's separate, isn't it? Yeah, I knew that. I knew that. Well, he well he might he might have done two places. Could be a two centre holiday, couldn't it? That's what they do nowadays. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. Sorry, what? A vacation, exactly. Because people do that. You do it abroad, don't you? You sort of go, oh, we're going to do Australia, then we're going to do Malaysia or something that. Uh, those who indulge bulge. There you go. Those who indulge bulge. And a friend of mine says anniversary today, eleven years. Seems like 11 minutes. Wow. I'm one lucky boy. You sure are. You sure. Actually, my, my brother's girls, both of their relationships are five to six years. Uh, and uh, Ed and Amy, who got married the other day, I think, they're, I think they were about five and a half years. 11 years, though. Cuh, who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? 11 years. So, big celebration, I hope. Hannah is staying in Bristol. Uh, for the weekend with my brother Mike, who's running marathons in every EU country uh, in aid of Invest in ME. Yesterday morning, went for an 80-mile run, came home, had a shower, bit of breakfast, and had a full day out. Boat trip, lunch, shopping, and even out for dinner. No yawning, no complaining. What a legend. Oh, I'm always very envious of people who can do things like that. Somebody says, get an Alsatian puppy. Best breed in the world, says Jones the dog in, Ports, uh, in Portland. He says, worked for 28 years with RAF police dogs, now in London with my Springer stif- sniffer dog. How lovely. How lovely. I'm jealous. I'm jealous, and I don't get jealous of uh, many things. <laughs> it's great to hear, Steve, the sarcasm and the lack of interest to the celebrity cult. They're tatty. Tatty, tatty, tatty. I still like that line. Those who indulge, bulge. Was I clever, really? <laughs> he didn't like it. I thought not. Uh, so, like I care. Uh, it's the sun on Sunday today. The jail shock. Love Island's Jack's dad is a drug dealer. 
I don't know, but uh, when, when the, the son phoned up to speak to the mother about it, she said, Jack's got his father here. He's, um, he's um, uh, a stepfather. So obviously the first father's the wrong one. And the second one is the uh, is the sort of the nice one. But of course, the papers are only interested in the first one. It's of no interest to... I've got to go. I've just realised. Look at the time. I didn't realise. A friend of mine says, thank you, pal. Sort out lunch this week. It's going to be nice. And that's it for this morning. If you join me at nine o'clock this evening, it'll be a really good in-conversation. A really good in-conversation. So do please join me for that. Or failing that, tomorrow morning at four. Make it good. I do hope so. Uh, make sure you download the LBC app as well as listening to LBC wherever you are. You can listen back to this and all of the other programmes from the last week for free on the catch-up feature. Just download the LBC app for iPhone or Android. Tap on catch-up. Ten o'clock this morning, it's Nigel Farage. But right now, with breakfast on LBC, it's Tom Swarbrick. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Sunday from 5am.